All right, we're live. Welcome back to Talk with Army. I'm your co-host, Delilah. And I'm your co-host, Daisy. And today we are going to be talking about, clearly from the title, but reaction channels, which is something people have been wanting to talk about for a while. We've been wanting to talk about it for a while, um, especially in the context of K-pop reaction channels and just, you know... They've developed over the years, and I feel like we, as people, have kind of grown out of reaction channels uh, for K-pop music videos, just just because of what we're going to discuss today. But there's still lots of types of reaction channels that I enjoy, but when it comes to music videos, no. <laughs> yeah, there is, you know, um, the odd person I do enjoy watching a music video, but most times I usually don't watch reactions for music videos that much these days. But we'll get into the different types in a minute. First of all, for anyone who may not be familiar, you may be wondering what exactly are reaction channels. So just to start off with that, what reaction channels are, are basically just like channels that will watch other content or react to other content and then give you their personal opinion of what they feel about it and most times you're getting their real-time reaction to that content so it's like you're getting to see firsthand how they reacted to certain content the first time most of the time the content that they usually uh react to is something like photos most commonly uh videos or also it could be news but you know most of the time it's usually like just video format things for example like tv shows or movies or music videos um and there are normally like a lot of different types of reaction channels on youtube and um for the reaction channels i've seen a lot of them will try and center their content around like specific types of like things to react to for example there are some reaction channels i know that will focus around like watching movies or other people will focus on like you know gameplay i guess that can be a, a type of reaction channel if you think about it for example if you look at gaming channels like i don't know let's say the most popular one, Markiplier, you know, you see him reacting to playing horror games like firsthand all the time. And, you know, that's entertaining to people. Or it could be that they're watching anime and, you know, they're going through like a whole series of anime and stuff like that. So those are just like the type of reaction channels you'll see um, around YouTube. Um, but in terms of like K-pop reaction channels, basically just take everything I just said and apply it to K-pop. They're basically just reaction channels that focus on reacting to things like music videos from K-pop groups or sometimes other non-musical content from them, like for example, interviews or variety shows or maybe fan-made compilation videos or something like that. But that's basically like the fundamentals of reaction channels. Yeah. Um, and so with that, uh, let's just talk about, you know, the pros and cons of K-pop reaction channels. And, you know, let's just start with the positive. So positive, I think people who are going through, you know, their first time sitting a group want to be able to share that experience with someone else and have someone they can relate to. I mean, that's that's kind of the crux, I think, of why people enjoy reaction channels because you see something and you enjoyed it and you have all these thoughts about it and you don't really have anyone else that's like watching it, so you like to, or maybe you do, but you know, you want more opinions, so you want to go and see what other people are saying and thinking about and how they feel about the same things you're watching so right it, it so it does allow um people to be able to relate their interests with someone and then of course um it can give uh groups exposure but of course it kind of like depends on the reaction channel i think back in like 2014, 2015, when the Fine Brothers, um, they have, like, that is, like, the React trademark of YouTube, um, and they did a lot with, like, K-pop videos and stuff, and those are always, like, super popular, and I think a lot of people, 
uh, would see what people were watching in those videos and then like go and search for the music videos outside of that reaction and that's kind of how um, it can give some groups exposure however we will go into later why using reaction channels as a marketing strategy is kind of like dumb overall though <laughs> mm. uh, we'll get into that but positive take positives because you know once we get to the positives <laughs> we're just gonna like be talking trash that's basically what happens we're <laughs> like oh we're we, let, let, let's be kind and objective and then like we just get like really mean out of, all of a sudden so try to be nice um but another positive is i think it's also just a good way to generate discussion and reflect on feedback so um, if you watch something and like maybe you didn't like notice something and someone else did that that can be a good thing um, so it's just like a good way I think to look at objective feedback um, through reaction channels yeah I definitely agree because when it comes to like for example um, you know, people who are going through that sitting experience for the first time, I see like a lot of people um, under comments being like, oh yeah, you know, uh, I'm the only fan of so-and-so around my area, so I don't really have anyone to enjoy this with. So like watching those reaction videos, like almost makes it feel like they're watching it with that person together, um, which I think is honestly kind of kind of cool. You know, I think it's a way to definitely feel like less alone in your standing experience. Um, and so I don't think there's really anything wrong with that. There's plenty of people who do that. And I think that's okay. And in terms of like giving groups exposure, like Delilah said, like it just depends on the channel because obviously there are some channels who like really don't have that many subscribers. If anything, it's the groups giving exposure to that channel and not the other way around because pretty much anyone can upload a reaction these days. And if the group is popping, then, you know, obviously it's gonna get to a point where fans will naturally find their reaction video. And whether the reaction video is good or not, you know, they're still gonna get a lot of exposure from that because they reacted to a popular group. And um, in terms of like feedback, I definitely think that reaction videos are a good way to do this. Obviously they're not the only way because there is stuff like just general album reviews and they don't have to react to the content real time to be able to give their feedback. I mean, like a lot of things that Delilah and I talk about, we don't need to react to it real time, like for you guys to listen to, like for us to discuss it. Like for example, you know, us talking about, um, I don't know, um, us talking about- review? Yeah, our B album review, our um, uh, reaction to Butter, or even me talking about like the D'Angelo videos. I didn't need to sit through all four of those like on camera and then talk about them for me to discuss what I found wrong with that video for you guys. Like, there's plenty of ways to do it without being a reaction channel. And I feel like honestly, um, reaction channels um, are probably no not reaction channels but like re like re like review videos i feel like are a lot more respected than reaction channels but i'll get to that in a minute um i will get to that in a minute so we will talk about um you know now that we've talked about the pros it's time for us to move on to the cons of reaction channels um specifically k-pop reaction channels and a con um, this one is like more of like a controversial one that I've seen, um, the whole 24 hour rule discourse. And for those who don't know what that is, oh um, it's especially like a controversial topic in the army fandom where basically, um, obviously when something first drops, let's say that BTS just released a new album or a new single or something. Um, in the first 24 hours, that's obviously like really important time for armies to try and accomplish like streaming goals, you know, YouTube goals, blah, blah, blah. And because of that, um, there are a lot of people who feel that reactors who will react to new BTS content and then post it before it's been out for at least 24 hours. They feel like that kind of takes away views and or streams from the content itself, which could possibly damage, you know, the progress that we're making trying to do these comeback goals. So let's say we had a goal of doing a hundred, what was it, a hundred million views in 24 hours for a BTS music video. And if a big K-pop reaction channel 
post their reaction to that same music video and it hasn't even been 24 hours since the music video dropped but then people are already going to go and watch that person's reaction video people feel like it stunts the amount of views that we can be getting on the music video in that 24 hours and so that's why like people kind of made it an unofficial rule where it's basically like if you're going to react to new bts content wait at least 24 hours before you post it on your channel um so that we can make sure that you can still post your content and we can still accomplish our comeback goals without being like kind of hindered by other reaction channels who uh will putting it less politely armies basically feel like that kind of siphons views and streams so that's kind of the like backstory behind the 24-hour rule and i don't know what that person on twitter was talking about saying how like oh the 24-hour rule is like arbitrary companies don't care about copyright within 24 hours and i was like whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. you think we have a 24-hour rule because of copyright no 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 no, no ma'am that just shows no, how much these people do not care about their group's goals um I don't know how that narrative got twisted, um, but it doesn't matter if Big Hit were to email talkwitharmy at gmail.com right now, and <laughs> they would say, hey, can you react to so-and-so BTS music video and upload it at this so-and-so time, um, and we will compensate you for your time, and you are going to compensate us for our time to react to a music video and publish it the day it comes out and take views away from BTS, uh-uh, no ma'am, I no don't care. Um, if Big Hit themselves knocks on our door and asks to do that. So I don't know where that Twitter discourse somehow got this idea about that's why the 24-hour rule exists, but it has nothing to do with copyright. Yeah, and in terms of how I feel about that rule, I personally feel like it's reasonable. Like, I don't see yeah. what the big deal is in just asking reactors to just wait a day. It's not like they're going to die if they don't post the reaction video, because, I mean, even though it may get a lot of views, I mean, it takes a lot to actually make money off of a YouTube video these days. So unless like you're properly like sponsored, I highly doubt money is like a necessity or like a driving factor for you to post a video like the day of. A lot of times it's just to garner a lot of views because obviously when something just comes out, that's when it's going to be like the most popular. That's when it's going to be garnering the most discussion and blah, blah, blah. And I get that. But at the same time, it's like if you care about the groups that you're reacting to, you want to see them achieve those goals. I don't see the problem in waiting 24 hours and honestly people trying to make it seem like we're trying to like gatekeep or we're just like being rude or disrespectful like what do we owe to reaction channels for them to bypass this rule absolutely nothing and i think it's um are we going to get into this later in the episode let me see um, i i don't think so okay because i don't think this is like necessarily written down in or outline, I'm just going to say it now. Some reaction channels are so arrogant and genuinely believe that their reactions somehow brought clout to the groups they're reacting to. And, it's true. And it's absolutely ridiculous. Oftentimes, it's the other way around. You gained clout um, from reacting to these videos and... It is the fans of those groups you've been reacting to that built your fan base. And so if they feel like they have a problem with what you're doing, um, you should probably listen to them. They're your fan. They're, that is your fan base now. They, they gave you the clout and they can take it away. Right. And it's a lot of times a secondhand fan base because at the end of the day, while, you know, the people who subscribe to your channel are your subscribers, they're still fans of the people in the content that you're reacting to. They're not necessarily fans of you per se. You may have a good attitude and some people may do some like extra content on the side. So there are slight differences between that. But in terms of like a lot of reaction channels, they don't really provide anything else aside from the, the, the reaction they give. 
And so, you know, people may be like, oh, you know, I remember feeling this way during this part of the music video too, and maybe relate to your experience, but that doesn't necessarily make them fans of you per se. So when people try and like get this big head and like are super arrogant about like the way that they run their channel and stuff like that, and try and ignore the people who have subscribed to a channel, even though those people could still like drop like they could basically like drop you off the radar because they could just stop watching your stuff they could like they could just unsubscribe so you know your platform isn't really all that assured um so it, it's just weird to me like the the nasty attitude and you know another con about um some of these k-pop reaction channels is what I like to call the package deal mentality, which is basically a buy one K-pop group, get them all mentality. And what I mean by this is that you will have K-pop reaction channels. Sometimes they may not even necessarily be an explicitly um, K-pop reaction channel. They may just be a reaction channel that just happened to stumble upon a particular K-pop group. And these days, more often than not, it is BTS that they find first. And they may start with reacting to BTS and they may really like BTS. And so they keep on doing reactions of BTS. But then it gets to a point where you look under their comments and because of the fact that they're reacting to BTS, you know, people are like, oh, why don't you react to this group, this group, this group, and this group? And basically kind of pressure them into reacting to like all these different K-pop groups to the point where what started off as maybe just a journey into BTS's discography, you look at their channel now and suddenly they're, they're reacting to every K-pop comeback under the sun. And, you know, you don't even know if they like all the people that they're reacting to, but because so many people offer these suggestions, they basically make it seem like because you're reacting to BTS, you are now obligated to react to everybody else. And while I don't think it's necessarily wrong to give recommendations, I also kind of don't like that pressuring mentality where people get mad at others for like just reacting to BTS and not quote unquote paying attention to other groups when there's really no obligation to. Exactly. And it's it's really weird how when every once in a while armies will call out these K pop now now K pop reaction channels and be like, Oh, how come, you know, you aren't reacting to BTS as much like we subscribed because of your BTS content and they get an attitude. They're like, Oh, well, if you're gonna you know, criticize the content I post, and I'll just stop reacting to BTS altogether. Um, and it's like, like, sir, okay, okay. we'll just unsubscribe, and then we'll unsubscribe. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> like the that the attitude that comes is is so weird. Exactly, and you know that's another thing. And you know, I just briefly touched upon it in uh, this previous point. But another con is that with some of these reaction channels, sometimes the reactors are not genuine. I will get into that later on. But just to make it short, you know, you will see some reactors to like who will react to certain groups. And then they'll act like, oh my gosh, this song or this group is so amazing. But then they really don't look like they're genuinely enjoying it and that they're just saying that it's good just so they either A, don't get on the fans' bad side or B, um, it's so they can basically gain more recognition from reacting to these groups without having to outright say that they dislike them. Because if they say that they dislike them, then you know they lose that demographic from their subscriber base. So they just want to do that to just keep everybody on board with their reactions, regardless of whether they actually like those groups or not. And um, you know, final reason that um, you know the final con of you know these reaction channels is that it's a very easy way for like really scummy people to gain clout and spread their own terrible narratives. Where you know if like Delilah was saying before, you know, if, you know, a reaction channel gets to um, a certain level of like, you know, whether like when their platform starts getting bigger, you know, they'll start to gain an attitude or maybe they've just always had an attitude and then um, they try and gain clout from reacting to popular um k-pop groups for example like i know that there are some like really bad reaction videos that i've seen 
um, by like really terrible people who had like a lot of ignorance and like racism and stuff like that in the video. Um, but then obviously they were using the fact that because they're reacting to, I don't know, a group like BTS that they were just automatically going to get clout. And you know, those types of people, those like clout chasers, they're just so irritating. Exactly. And reaction channels are probably some of the easiest type of channels to start up on YouTube. Um, Mm. and I feel like it's also becoming somewhat oversaturated and so Absolutely. it so i i feel like it takes a lot to establish yourself to get big as a reaction channel but then at the same time i also feel like uh it's also super easy you can blow up super fast like there are so many reaction channels that just like popped up um only made like a few videos and then they already have over a hundred thousand subscribers so like it really part of it is the youtube algorithm and stuff so like that plays mm-hmm. a big part in it but i feel like people that you know start up on with these reaction channels and you know are reacting to bts a lot of it feels like they start reacting to BTS just for the sake of knowing it'll get them views and that way they can build a platform off of reacting to BTS. Exactly. And we've, I think we've like briefly mentioned this in like a previous episode. I don't remember which one, but I know we said it somewhere, how somebody will start off reacting to BTS and then branch off into other things, whether it's different groups or just like something completely different from like K-pop reactions entirely. And they'll expect that fan base to stay on for that thing. But then obviously it's like, for example, if you're reacting to BTS and like you've got a lot of ARMY subscribers and you suddenly like completely switch lanes, then ARMYs are of course going to be like, well, we subscribe because you're reacting to BTS. So if you're not reacting to BTS, we're probably just going to unsubscribe. And then like they get surprised when that happens. And it's so weird to me. And another thing, like I definitely agree with you in saying that like, reaction channels are like now like one of the easiest things to do now like i was saying before anybody can make a channel and you know a lot of people have even uh debated um whether reaction channels are even like real content because you know some people will say that it's just like very lazy content creation because you're just taking you know something that somebody else has spent their time on on youtube and then just reacting to that putting it just just overlaying it on top of like you maybe giving an interjection or an exclamation at one point or another when something cool or funny happens, but otherwise you're not really creating much new. Um, so I can understand both sides of the discourse. Um, and honestly, it, it just gets you know a lot weirder from here on out because when it comes to like most reaction channels a lot of people will do it genuinely because they're just interested in watching a show and they want to just put out their reaction for other people to see and that's fine however ever since you know k-pop reactions started becoming a thing and companies started catching on to that there have just been some really shady things going on lately in the K-pop reaction sphere. And I think that this is a perfect segue to our next section, which is about companies and their under the table deals with some of these K-pop reactors. Yeah. So it's now become um, a regular marketing uh, tactic to reach out to reactors to um, react to a music video at a certain point in time and like in exchange it's like oh we will copyright or like block your video or something like that and I mean it's not I don't know if it's necessarily you know under the table in the sense that it's like shady or negative because I mean that's I mean everyone's YouTube videos like have some sort of sponsor these days right um However, the the issue um, that I find with these is it doesn't really make sense because why would you ask K-pop reaction channels uh, to react to a video that they were 
already likely going to react to in the first place without being prompted. Mm, that's one thing because definitely there have been people who've been reached out to by companies for like reacting to a video that they were already going to react to anyway but my problem with the way that they're doing this is first of all you know like you even though like you said even though there are people who do have sponsors on their youtube videos like everybody has sponsors that's like a normal thing you know youtubers gotta eat too of course but the thing is by not directly paying them and instead saying that these k-pop reactors can will just not get their video copyrighted and they can profit off of whatever revenue they get from posting that youtube video um they're um basically using a kind of loophole because if your video has been sponsored mm. you are legally obliged to state that in your video right. and tell tell people who has sponsored your video but because they're not sponsoring like these because these entertainment companies are not sponsoring these k-pop reactors videos and are just telling them we're not going to copyright your video and you can just take the ad revenue then these k-pop reactors are not obliged to tell their subscribers that they have been asked to react to certain groups by the companies themselves and because of that their subscribers are under the impression that this is a genuine reaction that is done because they were simply interested in that group but in reality because these k-pop entertainment companies have come forward and told them to react to it obviously you're going to get a completely different type of reaction because it's one thing if you were already going to react to them and you ended up liking them but now because you have a company who is keeping eye out for your reaction video to be posted and is going to watch it to make sure you said something good about their group there's no way that there's ever going to be um like these people are ever going to be allowed for giving negative feedback because then it's like, well, if I give negative feedback on this group or on this song, then the company's not going to like that. And they're probably going to resign their offer and maybe even try and take down my video. So that means that you end up with videos that are way less authentic than if the video had just been posted on that reactor's own volition, which is why I really don't like these types of, I honestly will call it under the table deals because it's just so shady and it shows that like, like anybody could be taking these deals so you don't know which reactors are being genuine and which ones are being uh are, are making these deals with the companies and so you don't know whether something is actually good or not i also think that you know a lot of k-pop reaction channels are are already not that genuine um mm. so this is just like adding a cherry on top of that so if people are going to you know, just react to things because they're asked to by these companies, um, it could also be forcing these people to react to groups that they genuinely don't like, but then they have to pretend to like. And that's going to cause a lot of problems down the road when it's revealed, oh, you actually aren't that much of a fan of that group, uh, so why are you reacting to them? Right. And then it becomes a thing of more of, oh, I'm doing this for the money and not because I genuinely have an appreciation for this group and their music and whatever else that they're doing. And honestly, that's just so fake. And it's you taking advantage of your platform uh, to be able to make some type of profit or gain some type of exposure from it. And that is just never cool, especially because we have plenty of instances, for example, with armies alone already, where we are constantly taken advantage of by other people on the internet because of the fact that we are a big fandom and we have a lot of influence on Stan Twitter and they try and harness that and use it to their advantage um, to give themselves some type of exposure or profit when it's really not cool. Like we had that whole thing um, a couple days ago with that stupid show or whatever. What was it? Was it like a How I Met Your Father thing or something? Oh, something yes. on Hulu. So um, How I Met Your Mother got a spinoff with called how i met your father and it had the dumbest joke in it it didn't make any sense i didn't, i can't even call it a joke because it's just that bad but they had mentioned bts and basically um it was saying oh i heard jungkook from bts went solo we all saw that coming and it's like who's we 
Uh, right, and, and then, then you know the what? Audacity to post it on Twitter and be like, "For the BTS Army, uh, ha ha ha," and it's like, "No, uh, BTS Army did not like who? I don't know who wrote this joke, but like, even if you just, I like, know it's an out of touch white like, man. Google BTS's names. Like, I don't know where Jungkook being solo came from. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, when did?" Like, does Jungkook know that he went solo? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, and you know what? I went back to the actual tweet because it's still up. I don't know why the hell they haven't taken it down. Uh, Hulu, you guys they, have a humiliation they, kink. They are into masochism, I'll say that. <laughs> I'm telling you. And the uh, the original caption for this was, you know what we didn't see coming, dot, 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 Charlie being hashtag BTS ARMY. At what point has anybody in the hashtag BTS army ever said this nonsense? Tell me, Hulu. It just doesn't make sense. And you know what? The ratio on this is absolutely atrocious. Oh, no. What 3, is it? 3,172 likes, but 12,700 quote tweets. Oh, my God. <laughs> they got bombarded. And how many replies do they have? They have 2,390 and obviously this is full of people in the comment section saying the joke is stupid the joke is lame because not only do armies never joke about any members going solo because the members have clearly expressed their desire to stay in the group for as long as they possibly can but also this type of thing really riled up the jungkook solo stands and just solo stands in general and that's already like a huge problem as is so there was like another deeper layer to this joke that just made it all the more unfunny and difficult for us because we're already dealing with solo stands and solo stands in the comments of this absolutely useless as usual they're like period jungkook solo or oh listen to stay alive blah 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 it was sung by jungkook and it's like obviously they don't care about whether or not jungkook wants to go solo or not because jungkook going solo is obviously their freaking dream that's like what they basically strive for because they just don't see how jungkook could ever possibly be happy in bts even though he's shown that he is happy multiple times and so, like, they're obviously not going to defend this type. They're, they're not going to defend, like, armies who are saying this right. isn't funny. They're obviously going to be siding with the script writers who are obviously in the wrong. And that's not the type of thing that we need to be endorsing. And people in this comment section and people in the quotes are saying that, like, armies are overreacting. Like, oh, yeah, the joke may be cringy or lame or whatever, but army's reaction is just, like, so over the top and blah, blah, blah. And this is why you guys are toxic. And it always ends up like this as armies being the bad guy, even though people just actually say dumb stuff. And it's so frustrating. Because if they knew this type of stuff that we have to deal with every single day, they would not be saying that. And it just, it's because it's so, it's factually incorrect and it just doesn't make any sense. Like... The clearly the point of the line was to be a wink wink at armies. And so right. I feel like armies have a right to criticize it because obviously the line definitely had like no real purpose to the plot of what was happening in the episode. They just were blatantly wanting to just acknowledge BTS and armies and if they didn't bother doing the most basic research um about it then um people have a right to criticize them it's like okay so you put this quote-unquote joke for us but you but like none of us think or feel like this so like what was the point like it it's yeah dumb right like you said when the guy said we all saw that coming who is we we, no we army not, saw this coming. We don't speak French here. Like, who is we? <laughs> we do not speak French here. Amen. Because I don't understand how that was, like, ever, like, established that we all saw that coming. And another layer to this is that people have pointed out in the comments that this is obviously playing off of the stereotype in the Western music industry that, like, all these music groups secretly hate each other and one of them is just bound to just leave and go solo to go and pursue other options. But then obviously we know that's not true with BTS because all of them have released solo music and can stand alone as a soloist in the group while still remaining in BTS and doing group like doing group music. And so it makes no sense when they act like the signs were all there to show that Jungkook was clearly going solo when that's literally never been the case. And 
if honestly, like anyone, like like why Jungkook specifically? Because like he doesn't even have the most solo work out of the entire group. <laughs> so if anyone was going to quote unquote show signs that they were going solo, that probably would have been somebody like Namjoon or Yoongi because they actually have two full mixtapes out. And obviously Jungkook, JJK1 coming soon, hopefully. Like even though he's making music, obviously I just don't get like. There was no cohesiveness to the joke because yeah, the signs were never there. It, it just, it just, it just, it just makes it makes absolutely no sense, and we we have a right to call it out. Um, anyway, joke not funny. Moving on. Um, I I want to go back to something you said also about um about how a lot of these reaction channels, you know, they'll take advantage of like armies and stuff like that. Um. And I have a great example. What is with reaction channels? They've been reacting to BTS for maybe like, um, maybe like uh, a few months, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Oh, can you help me get concert tickets to so and so, whatever concert is about to happen?" And it's like it happens every single time. They are asking fans to help them get concert tickets when if anything these reaction channels are probably way more capable and have excess revenue to get these tickets themselves but they're using fans to do it just so they can say they went to this concert bris x life i am looking at you okay i actually was looking at him just now because i was like how many subscribers does he have he has a million subscribers right now like he still gets over a hundred thousand views on all his videos and i'm like i thought we left him behind <laughs> no and i guess because you know the things that he's done have like that discussion has mainly remained within the stan twitter sphere um i guess the k-pop industry is just not aware of that because you know sometimes like i know that for like for example like i think it was like either melon music awards or something like that where sometimes they will announce awards and it will be like a mashup of like different popular k-pop reactors who are announcing the award i know that they did that for like one of bts's awards and like you saw like a bunch of different people who were like announcing oh and the winner is bts blah 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 and so right. like they are aware of these people but i guess they just don't do enough digging and i can understand that you know as you know somebody who's probably just like a lowly intern in like the hive office building or like the mama office building or whatever you're not gonna like think too much about like the people who you're pulling from youtube because you know big platform you know is really all you need as a prerequisite for these types of things but i do think that the vetting process should be a little bit more strict so people like bris x life do not get in because you know for all who don't know who he is he is a very popular k-pop youtube reactor and he interviews groups now too he does he does interview groups now um he's been branching out to do like a couple other things same with um what was their channel called i think it was like fo squad like k-pop or something like they started off like reacting to bts and then like their platform got like so big and then they also went on to like interviewing other k-pop groups they were one of the people in that video compilation that announced like bts as the winner for like a particular award too and like at a one point i don't even know if they're still there but at one point they did like move to korea for a little bit to do something like they just have like a lot of projects going for them they're also like besties with jesse which is like crazy to me like um if anyone doesn't know who jesse is she's like this like k hip-hop uh, slash r&b soloist and um she's very popular in korea and you know she's good friends with the people on that channel it's uh two of them two guys and you know from time to time when they're in korea or whether she's in america sometimes she'll stop by and like you'll see her like on the channel and stuff so like they're proper friends with her so like they've been able to branch out and do a lot but back to bris x life my problem with him um as some people may know is that like when he started off reacting to bts and stuff like that that's basically where he got most of his platform from by the way um there's a point in time where he had asked armies for like i think he like set up some type of like gofundme page or just some type of funding page so he could be able to see bts at i believe it was either the bbmas or the amas i think it was the amas if i'm not mistaken um to go and see them perform live and he said that he was going to be like filming them up close and blah 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 and stuff like that 
And so people like genuinely paid for this guy to go and buy a ticket to this event. And it's like, how are you using your fans for this? Are you not a grown man who is probably making their own type of income through some other way? And you're using your your subscribers who are probably all like really young people who don't even make that much money to begin with for money to go to something that you could have just easily paid for by yourself. And honestly, I just find that so sickening. Um, and then, uh, there was also, there was also the whole thing when, like, he was sexualizing TXT during, like, their debut era. I didn't even hear about that. You, oh, you didn't hear about that? I think, I think no. it was, um, when he was reacting to, like, their cat and dog music video, and he was, like, making it, like, oh. super sexual. Oh, when, as soon as you said cat and dog, I immediately knew where this was going. Because <laughs> I remember he also like has done that with some BTS music videos. He'll just make it unnecessarily sexual. Um, and like I remember it was for the Singularity music video, how when he was watching the video and then like the lyrics said, um, it was at that point where um, Taehyung had sung something like, I, um, I... What was it? I put my face in no, I ran to the lake and my and there was my face in it. And then he tried to make it as some sort of weird sexual euphemism for um I don't know if the rating will allow me to say this. Um so younger armies close your ears for a quick second, but he basically tried to make it seem as if it was like a euphemism for eating somebody out, and I was like, Hi! Did we get from point A to point B? This just doesn't make any sense. And I just found that so weird because it was like, at that point he'd been reacting to BTS for such a long time and he knows that they normally don't have like sexual undertones in their lyrics to that level. So it was just baffling to me that he would ever try and make that comparison when BTS has never been that openly sexual or suggestive in their lyrics thus far. I don't know. It was just really weird to me. But, yeah, I feel like it's easy to um, think of Briz first just because he has such a large platform. And I remember he built that platform super quickly, too. Um, but, I mean, there's there's plenty of, you know, reaction channels out there these days. And, you know, not all of them... Um, who react to a bunch of different groups I think are necessarily dishonest. Um, like, Form of Therapy is one where, like, they, they're a video producer and they react to pretty much everything. Um, and they are also, like, pretty upfront if, you know, a company says, hey, I, I want to, like, sponsor this reaction or whatnot um and you know that's an example of of um reaction channels where i feel like the person is going to be genuine about what they think about what they're reacting to or um reaction channels that have like a, a strict purpose where maybe someone is um Maybe they're into videography and they know a lot about filmmaking. So then they'll explain maybe how special effects are done in music videos. Like that, that, I, I feel like those reaction channels, you can expect a more honest breakdown of those music videos instead of people just saying, oh, I, or people, instead of people just like pretending to jam to a song that they maybe not like. Because how do you like everything? How do you like everything? Right. And I think that's just, like, what really bugs me. I would rather hear people... I mean, you don't have to be, like, super negative. Um, but, like, just have some sort of reaction to the song and how the music you're listening to, like, what that does for you. Because if you're pausing you know, every 10 seconds and talking about, like, the visuals and how cool it looks, that doesn't tell me you're going to put the song on your playlist. Right. Absolutely. There are so many times where I feel like people only really focus more on the visuals if they have nothing to say about the music itself. And, like, that's fine. If you prefer the visuals to the actual music of a music video, I'm not going to, like, bash you for that. But if you're clearly not digging the group, 
um, then just call it quits because the only time I would ever like accept something like that is if it was like, like you said, somebody who was like a videographer, a cinematographer, a filmmaker who was reacting to these music videos and was just breaking it down like visually, because obviously like the music in that sense doesn't necessarily have to take the forefront of the conversation because that's not that person's profession. But then it's like, if you're just a regular, regular local and you're not talking about the music at all, and it's like, okay, you're clearly not digging this. Why do you keep reacting to them? I feel like that's just a telltale sign of somebody who's trying desperately to keep their main fan base and not like lose absolutely everything because they don't like the music. And it sucks because I just wish that reactors would be more honest when they don't find a song that great. Right. And I, I I think that, you know, there's this fear that if you don't like something, that it means you are, like, people are going to immediately react badly or that, you know, you can't react to them anymore. And it's like, it's okay to, like, it depends on how you frame it. Like, people... Mm. Um, will be really just super biased and, like, rude with their critiques that don't make sense, and then that's why they get jumped, and then they're like, it's just my opinion, and it's like, no, it's not your opinion, you're just not making sense, like, the D'Angelo videos, like, they didn't make sense, and we, um, broke down why they didn't make sense, um, but for the most part, comes to reaction channels i feel like if you say oh i'm not feeling this because of this or you know this song um i prefer it because of this and whatnot i feel like people are actually going to be really open to that but people are too scared to receive you know negative feedback that instead they're just putting on this really tiring facade of just enjoying everything Exactly. Especially when like, you can especially tell that they're like faking it when there's a song that comes out that sparks all sorts of debate across the entire K-pop community. But then you watch the reaction video and they have nothing but good things to say about it. And it's like, dog, like you were clearly not hearing the same thing that everybody else was hearing when they first listened to this music video, because you cannot tell me that some songs are not just like bad to some people. Because there, there is some stuff that come out and everyone is like, what the hell is this? Like, who was the person in charge of producing the song? What is going on with the mixing? Cinematography is all over the place. Don't even know the concept of this music video. But then like you get to the person's reaction. They're like, oh my God, this is the most amazing thing ever. Song of the year, best music video, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, just stop lying. Like we can all see through that front that people are putting on because as much as reactors like to think that they're being slick, it's very easy to tell when someone is clearly not digging something. And honestly, I feel like it would be better if people were just honest about what they like. And that would only not just be fair to the fans, but also themselves. Because the way that some of these reactors like run themselves into the ground trying to react to everything and anything that people suggest them, regardless of whether they like it or not, I feel like it's just going to come to bite them in the ass at some point in time because there are a lot of these reactors who end up like suffering from a severe case of burnout simply because of the sheer volume of stuff they feel like they have to react to. And I feel like that's just not a healthy way to run your channel. It can really tire you out and exhaust you if you're just constantly reacting to stuff that you really could not care less about. And you should really just focus your channel on stuff that does like that, that does spark your interest, that does make you happy because then, you know, when you start to resent the things they're reacting to, then you're just going to start resenting reacting overall. And I've seen like a lot of people who just like dropped off for like months at a time or have probably or sometimes like some of them have even like just gone on an indefinite hiatus and have just not come back to reacting to videos because of that severe burnout. Exactly. The, the burnout is very real. And I, I hope that, you know, people can just really pace themselves and build their channels in a way that isn't going to lead to burnout. That's why me and Daisy uh, specifically have this podcast come out every other week and not every week. 
because that would become super exhausting um, if we had right. to release one every week when we have jobs and schoolwork. So um, people just need to, I mean, yes, it's, a, it's like we said earlier, it is important to cater to your audience, but also you have to set boundaries with yourself as well. Yeah, you got to pace yourself to make sure that while you are getting stuff done on your channel, it's not done so in a way that's so harmful to, you know, your mental health that like you literally just like you feel basically just dead inside reacting to video after video after video, especially because sometimes like the videos, like not even just like music videos and stuff like that, but sometimes like some of the compilation videos that they react to uh, over time, you know, especially because like once there's a trend in like fan made videos, like everybody adopts that trend. So it gets to a point where it can be like pretty monotonous to react to that sort of content. And there are very few channels I can point to that genuinely have good like fan made content whether it's things like theory videos or like docu-series type videos or like just like compilation videos of like bts funny or cute moments there are many there are very few channels i can point to that actually have good content like that and so but then like the bulk of what people want other channels to react to is like the bottom of the barrel type content where it's done from creators like i don't know miss up who like literally their compilation videos are trash poorly put together without any sort of context or whatever so like you will just genuinely see a reactor react to those types of videos and like they have absolutely no idea what's going on and it's just so awkward because you know that there's better and you know that there can be better fan-made videos but then they just for some reason never start off with those yeah it's it's really unfortunate i think there's gotta See, the thing is, there's also got to be some sort of, I don't know, revolution's the word, but like, you know what, armies need a renaissance on YouTube, I feel like. Um, Absolutely. Um, where, you know, we really figure out what kind of content that we want to produce for other people to consume on YouTube. Oh, I agree. And maybe we could, we could even do like a whole conversation about this in a completely different episode because I would like to have like a little brainstorming session. That would be like super cool. Yes, that um, is so much fun. Mm. Right. And so, you know, when it comes to things like that, definitely do agree that there needs to be some sort of overhaul in terms of like what content is good because, you know, a lot of these reactors are just new to the K-pop industry in general or are just new to like the stand part of like Twitter or YouTube, blah, blah, blah. So like, you know, when they react to these videos, they don't necessarily know what they're getting into, but it's not like we can warn them beforehand because we can't be in the same room as them as they're looking through YouTube videos to watch. Um, um, although I do remember, um, it's actually funny cause like I only just remembered now, but there was, there's this reactor online and his name, his channel name is King Blitz, I think. And he, um, first started reacting to BTS and he really liked them. Um, and then at one point he wanted to create a group chat like for armies on Twitter so that like he can run some videos by them to see like what is good content to react to and what isn't good content to react to and like other recommendations and stuff like that just so he knows what he's doing and for a short while i was actually part of that group chat oh really yes i was and it was really interesting um it's funny because i don't actually remember anybody else in that group chat it was a big group chat and i don't remember like actually paying attention to like who else was talking in there but like a lot of times like he would just like come in you know we would like definitely like just chat casually and stuff like that but the fact that he went out of his way to do that was quite interesting um obviously it's unrealistic to want or expect every k-pop youtuber to do that but it was just an interesting take um and then eventually i got bored and i think i ended up just leaving the group chat altogether um but then it was it was an interesting experience just being there and just like recommending stuff and all that Huh. Um, oh my god, I try to like switch over to the outline and then Google decided to start bugging. Um, it's okay, then I can go into the next section. Yeah, I feel like, oh, so we're on part four, right? I feel like, um, 
Yeah, I feel like um, on part four, we kind of like already were talking about some of these uh, bullet points we have. Um, so to kind of like piggyback um, off of what we were talking about, uh, you know, the lack of authenticity and reaction channels and stuff. Um, eventually, this could lead to K-pop companies are probably going to, you know, normalize um, things like payola in the K-pop fandom, which is something that armies have been trying to fight against for, for forever now. Right. We have to deal with payola in terms of like radio play. We have to deal with payola in terms of like all these companies who are paying media outlets to write favorable articles about their artists. There's payola in basically every facet of the Western music industry. And now they've invaded K-pop YouTube. And we have to worry about whether or not these K-pop reactors are being as genuine as they say they are with these reactions that they're doing because now K-pop companies are just going to email everybody and try and get them to make good reaction videos on their own artists. And that is just not cool. If you really had faith in your artists like you want people to believe you do, you don't need some random K-pop reactor to big up your group. If you are confident in their talent and you're confident in the way that you promote them, you would not be using these tactics to try and get people to talk good about them because if they were really that well-liked, then people would just naturally talk good about them. And that's why you will never ever see somebody like Hybe or, well not really Hybe because Hybe mainly just functions as a parent company, but like that's why you'll never see anybody like Big Hit try and email people like, oh hey, um, can you please react to BTS's music video and then post it at this time and you can keep the revenue from the video. No, they never do stuff like that because they've never had to rely on those types of things because people naturally found BTS and they naturally decided to talk good about their work because their work is good. And honestly, like the rise of BTS reactions in the coming and in like the past few years is because of the fact that they've just naturally been getting more popular. And that's a testament to BTS's reach and not a testament to how much the company can convince other people to react to their channels. And honestly, I feel like this lack of authenticity is genuinely been creating more and more of a divide within um, this whole discourse on whether or not K-pop reaction channels are worth the watch or not because you know if they're just going to become more inauthentic then is there really like a point where it's going to actually be a real reaction and so if it's just going to be scripted what's the point and um and i was thinking about uh that whole thing about how apparently K-pop groups have like no sale albums. What does that mean? Um, it was what well, it was that. Um, what was we're we were talking about it in the group chat. We're like, there's like these no album like sales where like they purchase um, an album or like. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. It's basically where people will purchase an album, but they don't actually get it sent to them. Right. Like, yeah, they, they don't get it sent to them. Um, and so they purchase it for this to for sale purposes, but it's not they don't actually own the album. That's basically just an album NFT. What no, the heck? No. Gosh, we keep trying to fight NFTs and they just keep on showing up in different forms. Soon they're going to evolve like Pokemon and I'm not looking forward to that. Because like literally that just goes to show you how like crazy it is because like i feel like that's some type of inverted form of like sejiki right here like where they're trying to falsify numbers by making it seem like people are actually buying these albums but then in reality these people are not actually getting the albums that they're paying for like it's just such a weird concept to me and it's like you can clearly see that some of these companies are struggling to get their groups out there and are struggling to make sales but then people will constantly say that like 
every K-pop group is popular organically when you definitely can see some weird things for some groups going on behind the scenes, the way that some of these like metrics will just like blow up out of literally nowhere. And it's like, hmm, interesting. It is super interesting. Like I think, yes, a part of it is K-pop has become more globalized just within like the past three to four years. But I, I don't see how some of these groups their fan bases increase by so much between comebacks. Right. Especially because you look at the impacts they're doing and it's like roughly the same as before the numbers started increasing. So you start to wonder where did all these new numbers come from if the fandom size is basically no bigger. And like, not saying Sajegi, but... I mean, think about it. Just let <laughs> but, just just let that sink in. But oh my gosh, yeah, we're we're gonna s- sit here and start putting on our tinfoil hats eventually. <laughs> but it's it's just it's just something. It's something to think about. It's something to keep in the back of your mind. I think. Exactly. So I guess if we were to wrap up this video, not this video, this episode. Um, in terms of K-pop reaction channels, while I won't say that they're inherently bad, there still are plenty of people who run them and they're not coming in with the best intentions. You know, some of them are definitely coming in for clout. Some of them are definitely doing it for the money or both. And, you know, as people who are watching these channels, you really need to focus on consuming their content critically. And if something is jumping out to you as suspicious, then feel free to call that out. Um, obviously, let's not like jump the gun too much and just start accusing people left oh, and you're right. Making your reactions like relax. They don't need to be so so on the nose with the accusations. Right. Um, you know, save evidence and you know definitely keep suspicions if you must. But then only when there's hard like hitting evidence that somebody is definitely doing this for clout or for money then you can come forward with your suspicions and you know warn people hey this person isn't a genuine reactor and then those people can then take your advice and then unsubscribe from their channel and stuff like that because at the end of the day you know while they do have subscribers like i said before these are fans of the groups that they're reacting to not fans of those reactors themselves and so they may think that you know they can get away with doing this kind of stuff but armies can get a reaction from just about anybody on youtube you are not special as a k-pop youtube reactor or just a reactor in general you may have been beforehand but these days the market is so oversaturated that unless you are a cinematographer unless you are a music producer unless you are a vocal coach there's really not much value that you're adding to the overall conversation. And so to act like you're somehow all that and how and and act like you're somehow like at the center of the at center of the universe basically, like you're not all that. And armies can easily go and find somebody else who can provide the exact same kind of reactions that you can, only genuine. So definitely if you're one of those K-pop reaction channels and you think that you can get away with this this kind of stuff, like just think again at this point because honestly like don't start taking you know armies or any other fandom for idiots because you guys are really not that discreet in hiding your intentions and so in 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 that sense you know i definitely feel like armies just always gotta keep their eye out for people who are clearly using bts for clout because it happens every day and the final point like I said before, in terms of like the pros of watching these K-pop reaction channels, because as much as we have ragged on them, there are still genuine K-pop reaction channels out there, um, some of which I watch from time to time. Um, and I would say just don't rag on people who watch them, because like I said, there are people who are going through the standing experience alone and by themselves, and they may not have someone else to relate to with their experience. And so watching these reaction channels gives them comfort, because like I said, it makes them feel like they're watching it with that person. And I think that that's pretty cool. So like, I don't think that it's wrong to just like say to people, oh, you know, if you're watching like a K-pop reaction channel, like you're so weird or like you're stupid or you're getting taken advantage of because that's making the situation like a lot more black and white than it actually is and I feel like with every topic that we've covered on this podcast channel 
even this deserves some form of nuance. Right. Like, I I don't hate reaction channels. Um, I'm going to be specific K-pop reaction channels. I like plenty of reaction channels. Um, when it comes to K-pop reaction channels, though, I'm just, like, more picky. And I think that's the real takeaway, to just maybe be picky about the content you're consuming. Um, For sure. Yeah, I don't think you have to, you know, hate on um, people that watch reaction channels. I don't think you should do that. Um, but just just be careful about who you're giving your time and views to. Exactly. And, yeah, I think that concludes that. So if you got to the end of this episode, um, thank you for listening. Um, if there's any type of like K-pop YouTube reactor tea that you guys want to tell us about, definitely drop it in the replies below after we post a link to this episode, because we are always interested in the tea. We love staying updated. Um, but yeah, um, I guess we will see you guys in the next episode. So bye for now. All right, bye. Talk with Army is written and edited by Daisy and Delilah, who you can find on Twitter at Nija zero three two nine. That is at N A I J A zero three two nine. An adorable trap at A D O R A B one E T R A P. You can also follow our official podcast Twitter at Studio underscore zero nine zero seven one three. That's at S-T-U-D-I-O underscore 090713. The thumbnail art was commissioned by Rafa, who can be found on Twitter at RKDraws. That's A-R-E-K-A-Y underscore D-R-A-W-S. Stay tuned for a preview of the next episode. And there's multiple different pillars, of course. There's many different pillars of this fandom that help us out, such as people like uh, charting and streaming related accounts or army translators or army accounts, you know, that talk about things like, you know, BTS universe theories. Like, there's plenty of people like that. But to say that, like, any of those accounts have the final say on any of our decisions is just completely false. A lot of what we do here in the fandom has come through trial and error and through teamwork. So when, you know, these people come along and they gatekeep, it's almost like who died and made you king or queen, right? There's never been a centralized leader before. So what makes you feel like you have that authority to tell people who can and cannot listen to BTS when we've never had that type of authority before?